source, your home for the stars being big and bright because there's no power anywhere. My name's Nathan, your most lone star host. <laughs> My name's Andy, your most toasty host. And I'm Pat, and I, your host who remembers the Alamo. You guys didn't remember. Hmm. I was too busy remembering 9-11. I was remembering, uh, oh, now I forgot. Today we have a very special episode and a very special guest. My sister Katie is with us. She's a consultant down in Texas. Hi, Katie. Hey, Pat. Hey, everyone. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for uh, joining us. And today we're talking about Texas. So there's been uh, rolling blackouts and really cold temperatures, a storm that people are calling a 120-year storm. And yeah, let's talk about that. Not to put you on the spot, but like that is literally why we have you on the podcast. Uh, Can you tell us what the last few days have been like for you and your neighbors, Katie? Yeah, of course. So on Sunday... We went to bed. There was a bit of snow. It was snowing actively. Um, it was really cold. It was very unusual for Texas, um, Austin specifically. And then on Monday morning, I woke up, still had power, but there were about five inches of snow outside. Um, so completely unheard of. I've lived in Austin for not too long, just about two and a half years. Um, and we've gotten some dustings, maybe a little bit of snow sticking, but nothing like five inches. Um it's definitely unheard of. It it lasted um, many days. On Tuesday, I lost power. So Tuesday around 10.30 a.m., uh, lost power. We had all of our pipes stripping or all of our faucets stripping, so our pipes didn't freeze. Uh, we have a house with um, – it's a pier and beam house, so all of the pipes are exposed. They're not underground um, okay. once they get under the house. So really important that we kept our pipe stripping. Um, We actually have the guidance not to have pipe stripping. There was a water shortage as well. And I think some of the water treatment facilities froze. So everyone was told not to drip the pipes, but there was no way to keep your pipes from freezing. I guess you could turn the water off, but we we kept those dripping and then didn't have power. It started to get really cold. Obviously, um, Wednesday, when we woke up was was super cold, didn't want to get out of bed, still didn't have power. Um, And then Wednesday at around one, I think maybe, maybe noon, we, our power came back. We lost power a couple times that day. It flickered on and off, but overall significantly better than a lot of people down here. I know a lot of people lost power on Sunday night um, or Monday morning and didn't get it back till maybe Wednesday or Thursday. So, um, you know, it was rough for us when, when the heat came back, it was 47 in our house. We saw our breath, um, definitely cold, but we were super lucky to stay warm and, and have a house and have shelter. So definitely yeah. better off than a lot of people in Austin and Texas. Wow. So one of the things that, you know, has been kind of going on, a lot of people up here in the Midwest joke around about, oh, you know, we're so used to this. But I think kind of more to the point here in the Midwest, we're, we're built for that. We have the infrastructure to handle freezing temperatures on a regular basis and and part of the problem in in this instance is that a lot of the texas energy which is weirdly like it's texas is all on its own there's three grids in the country there's the eastern western and texas 
right? ERCOT, I think, runs it. And so um, my understanding, I guess, you know, a lot of these facilities just couldn't handle the demands on electricity because of everybody's everybody's increased usage to try to heat their homes. Pipes. Yeah, Bill Bill Magnus, who's the CEO of uh, ERCOT, is Electrical Reliability Council of Texas, came out earlier today and said they were potentially seconds away from the grid going down completely for months, which is why they started those blackouts. Hmm. So, And because they kind of run on their own grid, they can't borrow energy from neighboring states like other states in the union can. I don't know how much you know about any of this stuff or, or what you've experienced, but that's kind of what I was hearing is um, about what happened. Yeah, that sounds right. I think, um, I, I guess the only thing I'd add is they don't have as many protections. So I, yes, you can't borrow energy from other states um, or other areas, but I think also part of it is that we just didn't have as much backup. So basically like all of the natural gas was starting to freeze the wind turbines. I, I don't, I think it was only like, it was significantly less. The wind turbines were significantly less impacted than the natural gas. Um, Mm -hmm. But because the natural gas went down, basically it couldn't heat up the wind turbines to help them. And because there's no like shelter around any of them or no protection against it, I guess. So it's, it's like double unprotected. It's, we can't borrow from other States. And then our energy here doesn't really have protections against it. And from what I understand, like, you're talking about the wind turbines freezing and they were supposed to be winterized. It was, they weren't supposed to be vulnerable to this. They were supposed to have that done. And I guess it got like put off and put off because it doesn't, Oh, I guess really occur to well, Texans. There's no, there's no regulation. Sure. In Texas. Well. That's part of the whole way the system is built. Right. So um, like, I'm, I'm a little vague. Can you guys give me a little more detail on like, why is Texas an independent energy grid? Like aside from the rest of the country? Literally because it's Texas, because they are Texans and like to the death and they like fought. And I don't really know like the story in detail, but I know that Texas fought very hard to be on their own power grid and not attached or dependent on anyone else. Hmm. Um, Which, to be fair, I mean, there is a ton of power down here, right? There's a a lot of wind energy, a lot of oil, natural gas, um, but obviously it kind of... It's an energy-rich state. Yeah. Yeah, and like generally it works out great for you guys because I think you have like... Not this week for sure, but generally you have one of the lowest price points on energy anywhere in the country. And that's because you are able to be self-sufficient in a way where most states aren't. Hmm. So most of the time makes sense. It's just um, it seems like the system is built for fair weather, not foul weather. Fact check, fact check, fact check. And welcome back to Fact Check. So let's answer this once and for all, shall we? Why does Texas have its own power grid? Well, there are a few things to remember. First, Texas has tons of energy, and if you ignore the environmental consequences, which is what they do because they're run by Republicans, they have plenty of energy to normally supply the needs of Texans. Secondly, there are a ton of Texans, which means power companies have a sizable customer base without having to go over state lines, which is important, as I'm about to tell you. 
In the 1930s, Texas power companies decided not to go over state lines with the energy they produced because they wanted to avoid federal regulations. In 35, Roosevelt signed the Federal Power Act, which tasked the newly minted Federal Power Commission with overseeing cross-state electricity sales. The law was enacted to deal with the corruption and monopolistic practices by massive utility companies. Texas decided they liked their corruption and monopolies just fine, and they didn't need to cross state lines. Also, if I can just point out, Nathan, you are very, very wrong. Texas doesn't have anywhere close to the cheapest energy in the country. From most to least expensive, Texas comes in about 20th place, meaning that 30 states, a district, and a territory all beat them in terms of value. Anyway, let's get back to the show. Back check, back Kind of a tangent, but um, have you had to drive anywhere in the snow? I know you're from Cleveland, so you you know how to drive in the snow, but maybe a lot of Texans are less familiar. Yeah, so Austin's super hilly, um, and beyond the snow, we also got a lot of freezing rain. Mm. So we live on a hill, and it's it's pretty funny. Our Nest camera caught or our ring camera, our front door camera, caught some cars just sliding down the hill. Luckily, no one <laughs> heard in those videos. Um, but there's no infrastructure, or, I guess, equipment to salt the roads or plow. <laughs> so all of the snow that was there, you know, it became slush as cars started to drive over it. But all of the ice that was there, it's just, it, it stayed ice for days. Um, so luckily, wow. I didn't have to drive. I have a small sedan, so it wouldn't have gone super well. Um, but I... <laughs> think the the highways and the streets were were a mess with people driving and just getting stuck or sliding into each other yeah i was gonna say you know it's you know fine that you're from cleveland and and know how to handle the snow but like one competent driver does not a safe road make no (laughs) um so can we can we talk a little bit speaking of like traveling um (laughs) about (laughs) senior cruise Whenever I see sen dot cruise, my the, my first instinct is always Senor Cruz, not Senator Cruz. <laughs> right. So a little bit of background. So he planned <laughs> a trip to Cancun, and that was earlier this week, I think. And it was in the middle of these rolling blackouts during this winter storm. And then, when confronted about going on a trip <laughs> to Cancun. While his constituents were in literal mortal peril, uh, he blamed the idea of going on a trip on his daughters. Yeah. And he also just straight up real bad lied about it. He was like, oh, no. At first he was like, oh, I just went down to drop them off and I turned right back around and came back. But like people have pictures of his itinerary that he like they apparently sent them out to people like inviting them down to Cancun with them and showing he was going to be there through the weekend and there's like oh well sure I was going to be there through the weekend but we decided against like he's caught lying in like multiple different ways he's just really really bad at it well so I'm curious if you had any thoughts on that Katie yeah I mean I'm I think it was a pretty despicable thing to do I'm not a had Cruz fan in general, so it's not super surprising um, to me. I think he's just a pretty awful person. But one thing that kind of stands out and makes me a little bit worried for the future is, um, you know, obviously the environment's changing um, and 
things like this are going to be more common. And it just kind of gives an example of if you have money and resources, you'll be able to escape some of it and you won't have to face these horrible things that other people are facing. And, you know, I, I didn't have it as bad as a lot of people did. And so, you know, my resources helped me out there, but there's a difference between uh, jumping on a flight and abandoning a state that you live in and work for. Um, (laughs) So it's, yeah, definitely not a great thing he did. Pretty despicable, I think. Yeah, people have, I think, frozen to death in their homes. And then other people were using their cars to, uh, like running their cars to get the heat from their cars. And a few people have died of carbon monoxide poisoning from doing that. Yeah, I I saw there was a big fire in a house in Houston, I think Sugarland as well. It just, I, I don't know. I saw it right after it came out and they didn't know why it started, but I think people trying to heat their houses in ways that they wouldn't usually and starting fires. So it's definitely a really terrible thing that happened. I heard, I've heard stories of people like burning their household belongings for heat because they can't heat their, you know, they would freeze to death. They need, they don't have any source of heat. I heard a story about a Domino's that was stocked with food to get, well through the weekend but sold out in four hours because of all the people who are looking for just you know a hot freaking meal and Mm -hmm. pictures of these workers that had been like if you go through a weekend worth of supplies in four hours that means that people had to make those supplies turn them into pizzas in four hours as well and the workers there's pictures of them just exhausted Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. I think the uh, other thing that we saw happen was sort of craven political moves right away of several state Republicans lying about how this is what it would look like under the Green New Deal. When <laughs> like, there's nothing that conservatives like more than like pointing to capitalism and saying, this is what socialism looks like. Like, that's not how any of this works. Can I just say that the funniest part of this to me really quickly is that the Green New Deal is not a law. It is not a law. It is not like, what are you talking about? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it, it's really, really, anyway, my brain is hurting at this. Well, so to to clarify, it's like, it's a proposal for like proposed legislation, right? Right. It's not passed into law. It's not, as far as I know, it's in you know mitch mcconnell's death drawer well and there's no there's not even an agreement on what it actually is yet but it, th- that's the problem like they whatever i i don't like republicans i've brought that up a few times in the, it, this podcast before i think yeah any thoughts on that katie <laughs> <laughs> yeah Green so New I, Deal. I know uh, my representative is chip roy and i know he's put out a statement i fact check would be helpful here, but um, something about if if Texas were more were less regulated, this wouldn't be a problem. So basically, the, the reason this happened is partially related to the deregulation. But his claim was that if it were even more deregulated, uh, we wouldn't have run, run into this issue. So just saying, I think there's a lot of Republicans just kind of spouting nonsense right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie, you made me so happy asking for a fact check. Uh, you're yeah, a- I, was, I was like, <laughs> friend of the pod right there. Excellent. Boom. Wait, you just asked, you called for that fact check like a pro. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Mini fact check. 
On February 16th, Representative Chip Roy released a statement about Texas's energy crisis. Here's a small part. You'll find the full statement in the doobly-doo. But we already know some of what we must do to prevent this. Radical ideologies have politicized energy policy at the state and federal levels in recent years. This moment should serve as a warning. It is a moment where Texas can choose to utilize our God-given and unparalleled energy resources to solve a complex problem. We need to have earnest, reality-driven conversations about the resiliency of our power grid. If we ignore this warning and instead double down on unwise policies, we will leave ourselves vulnerable and dependent. If we continue to uncompetitively subsidize unreliable energy sources that malfunction in extreme weather, block necessary infrastructure improvements, and fail to build and improve energy delivery and storage systems, we will not only see future shortages, we will drive up energy costs at the same time. So I assume when he's talking about subsidizing unreliable energy sources, he's referring to natural gas and oil. Mini fact check. Okay, what else we got on this? Did you guys see, just to bring it back to a, a little bit of a lighter note, did you see the um, the SNL skit about the te- about Ted Cruz? No. The apo- sure. Oh, sure. I mean, you want to describe I, it to me? Here's what I'll say. A.D. Bryant ended up playing yes. uh, Ted Cruz, and he's just desperate for affection from anyone else coming on this Britney Spears talk show. Apparently, we, we all love Britney Spears again. Um, because she's been exploited in a way that I don't quite understand because I haven't gotten into it yet. Um, but mm. that was the idea behind it. The The great thing, yes, the SNL sketch was good, but like we've talked about with so many different um, crises and uh, emergencies that have happened in the country over the last year or so, man, they make for the best memes. And there have been a lot of spicy spicy cruise memes out there oh yeah oh yeah so definitely uh, well, I, well so you vote katie right <laughs> i do yeah <laughs> okay well that's good i'm glad that you do yes so well, my understanding is most of the state has pretty much got power again water is is on its way and improving but slowly does that sound yeah i think so where we're so- at? Yeah, I'm pretty sure most people have power. Um, water in Austin, we still have a bi- boil water advisory. Mm-hmm. So not drinkable water, but, you know, luckily we can just boil it. Um, and I think some people in Austin still don't have water. So I'm sure this, that's the same around Texas. So would you like to see what kinds of changes do you think you would like to see happen in the state as a result of this uh, disaster? Well, so one other thing that we haven't really discussed is I think in Austin, we do have some regulation on our pricing for power and resources, but I think other parts of Texas or maybe even in Austin too, but Mm -hmm. I, I think ours isn't a problem, but power bills are crazy. So even though the power was out and people couldn't use it, the prices have just skyrocketed and that's getting passed on to individuals in some cases. So obviously that is not okay. That should not no one should have individuals should not have to pay for that making sure that doesn't happen i'd say is is huge even just for this instance of it um and then 
you know, having some kind of backup, whether that's if we join another grid, I don't know if that's the answer or if we just, you know, winterize some of the power that we have here. I, I don't know, but there definitely needs to be some kind of backup just in case this happens again. Cause you know, I think the environment is changing. The weather is changing. We probably will face this again. And we, like it was kind of mentioned earlier, but this was called a 120 year event, but it's not 120 years anymore. Like you said, the environment is changing. So what happens when a 120 year event happens every three to five years? You know, you, you have to plan for this stuff. We have, a, we have infrastructure that's built for an environment that does simply doesn't exist anymore. And we need to build in more rugged ways of providing people with what they need. Well, at least if you decided to jet set to Cancun, you wouldn't be the only one. You would be in good company. <laughs> Ed Cruz's daughters are still down there, so you'd hang out with them. I'm sure they aren't horrible monsters yet. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and we're we're just glad that you're okay and doing well through through this disaster. Yeah, stay safe, stay warm. Yeah, thank you all. Thanks for for having me. Oh, thank you, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I really need to come up with a catchphrase. Uh, I hope we give you something to think about this week. Love you. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I really don't want to do it very long this time. No, no. So I'm going to like short it. <laughs> Can we make it a mini bye? All right. Now somebody right. say something funny or fart or something for the flintel. <laughs> we have a little like audio stinger at the end for a joke or something, but if we don't have a bunch of extra audio... How about about an embarrassing childhood nickname for Pat? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because we did Andy Pandy last time. (laughs) Well, I think it's... Was it uh, Patchy? Yeah, I couldn't say my R's when I was little, so Patrick (laughs) became Patchy. (laughs) That's not embarrassing, though. Like That's kind of cool... more embarrassing for me. Oh. (laughs) Well, no, but you were a little girl. Like, it's not not embarrassing. No. (laughs) 